Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden. And on today's show, I have a fascinating conversation with a plant-based lifestyle coach who teaches us how to make change in our lives to incorporate more plants in our diet and why we should and what to expect when we do. How is it going to impact us? And we talk about it in a very practical way so that you can make those changes today in simple ways that make tremendous transformation possible. And it starts with setting an intention and making conscious choices. So join us. Here we go. Hello, hello. Today I have with me Kathy Davis. Kathy is a plant-based lifestyle coach and a cookbook author and the CEO of Veg Inspired. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much, Kimberly Ann. I'm really excited to be here and share my story with everybody. Yes. And I'm excited to have you share it. So why don't we jump in right with that? Let's start off with, because I know that you're a cookbook author, but there's a story behind how you got to not only being a cookbook author, but being a plant-based cookbook author. So let's back it up and start with what led you to where you are now as the plant-based lifestyle coach and the cookbook author. How did you, where were you and how did you make that turn in life? Absolutely. And, you know, I think the the building the foundation and, and really looking at things as a whole is so important because there's so many people that were or currently are exactly where I was. So eight years ago, I was a standard American diet eater, loving my buffalo wings and blue cheese dressing. I grew up in Western New York and burgers and fries. All of that stuff was, was top of the list. Weekly, I would eat it. And my husband came home one day and, or I came home and we were talking over dinner. And he's like, you know, I read a couple articles and I really think we should explore this plant-based lifestyle thing. And I was like, whoa, I'm, I'm, I'm a resistor. Like I am not giving up <laughs> the foods that I love to eat tofu, like, and beans. I hated beans. I mean, it's, it's insane to think how much your palate can change, but what I loved. So that was eight years ago. And it was about a six to eight month transition of, and I want you all to hear this, eating familiar foods that were plant-based. He, you know, he liked to do a lot of the cooking. So he wasn't giving me weird foods like tofu and tempeh and all these odd things that I'm in. I don't think those things are weird now, but then I would have thought that they were a little strange, but it was potato tacos using the same fillings, you know, toppings, lettuce, tomato, olives, things that I already enjoyed really tapping into sauces made from cashews. And I started to love the food and I realized it wasn't as scary, but I was still a little reluctant to go fully plant-based or even call myself a vegan. And then the more over that time period that I ate these plant-centered meals, the more I realized I could do it and I wasn't missing anything. That was eight years ago in so June of 2014, I was like, all right, I'm in, I'll go fully vegan. You know, it's just, <laughs> you, you can, you can dabble all you want, but at some point you make, you make a decision. And I made the decision and I loved it. Eating healthy foods. I felt great. I, I lost a little weight. My skin started to clear up. 
And I had just felt cleaner and lighter. And people would say, gosh, you know, you just, you just look better. You just sound better. You just have more energy. And then, you know, time goes on all these amazing products come on the market, lots of vegan foods. And the next thing, you know, five years in, I'm like the vegan junk food eater. Who's back Mm -hmm. to that sluggish, low energy, exhausted, just not feeling so good. And, you know, I, I, I always talk about this as like the catalyst, but in November of 2019, I stepped on the scale to weigh one of our cats, um, because we used to weigh them to report their, their weight to the vet so that we could get medications and things. And I was at my highest weight ever. And I was a vegan and I realized I finally made the connection that vegan doesn't necessarily mean healthy. I mean, Oreos are vegan. Yeah, so what I, point. what I had to do was I, I made the decision to clean up my diet and that was two, a little over two years ago. And in that cleaning up the way that I ate really focusing on whole plant foods, I gained energy. I lost 40 pounds. I authored not just one cookbook, but three cookbooks really sharing my passion with other people. And, you know, I always tell people like, you don't know how good you feel until you start to feel really good. And that's, you know, that's my message now, like eat more plants to feel good, have energy and and really take control of your wellness. I love all of that. And while you're talking, I was thinking a lot of people don't understand that when we talk about, you know, you're talking about vegan and plant-based eating. Those are two different things because plant-based eating plants have life force energy. So when you were talking about the beginning of your journey, you were eating life force energy. You know, they say garbage in, garbage out, but you, you made a great point. Oreos are vegan, but they're not plant-based. They're, they're, I call it Franken food. They're not real food, you know? And so it goes the same way when you get into some things that are processed, there's no life force in that anymore. It's been made in a lab. It's been made in a, in who knows what. And that's why when you eat it, you're not feeling energized because there's no healthy, life force in it. That that is so true. And that is, you know, when, and that's what I love to hear when people, when I ask people, okay, you're going to try this plant centered eating for, for four days, five days, like, let's just give it a try. How do you feel like really tap into that energy, that, that vibrancy, that lighter, you know, we eat this processed food and it, it doesn't digest well. It sits in our, our belly. It makes our, our gut all do funny things. But man, when you feed yourself whole spinach, whole grains, oats, unrefined foods, you just get this energy. And I love that you're talking about the life force energy, because I think we get so caught up in the rule, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. Vegan and plant-based are two different things. Vegan is a movement for the animals or the environment. It really is defined as a lifestyle. And it's, it's more than just the food. So like I identify as a vegan because I choose not to, you know, exploit animals for the clothes I wear or the entertainment, but, and also the food, but I eat a whole food plant-based diet because I want to feed my body the most nourishing foods. Right. And making sure that the, and, and not processed. 
and the not processed foods. And that's, you know, the key because even, you know, we're also gluten-free, you know, in my house and, you know, we won't go off on that tangent because we can go down that rabbit hole as far as gluten and, and where it goes. But the thing, the same thing happened with gluten-free. There's a lot, you know, of the research out there about what gluten does when it crosses the blood brain barrier. But if you look at wheat in Europe and the impact it has on people and the wheat that we have here, they're not the same thing because ours is covered in toxins, et cetera. So anyway, but as far as gluten-free, the same thing happened with gluten-free where they think, where people think they can make money. Now you have people thinking it's healthy to eat quote unquote gluten-free and all they're eating is processed garbage. Well, same problem with the same issue as that happens, like you said, with eating a, a quote unquote vegan diet. It's not about whether it's gluten-free that's healthy or whether it's not meat that's healthy, it's what are you eating? Is that healthy? You know, it's it, people get stuck in the negative. I'm not eating wheat. Well, but yeah, but what are you eating? <laughs> you know, exactly. And you know, I I look at these studies and they talk about they talk about food and they talk about food as energy and they they talk about the results and like there's so much mind blowing information. Like, you know, to just talking about the unprocessed increasing fruits and vegetables, like whole fruits and vegetables, not fruit snacks, not orange juice, but a whole food, like the orange, the banana, the grapefruit, the, the kale, the cucumber, the bok choy, whatever it is, the eggplant five to seven servings can increase your productivity up to 25%. And I want, you know, when you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I work an eight hour day. What if I could get done in six hours, what I'm currently doing at eight, because I'm 25% more productive. How does that change your life? How does that, you know, you know, we, we read the label. It says gluten-free. We read the label. It says plant-based. They, those are all hijacked marketing terms. Now, you know, I had a client send me a picture of a rest of a food product that she was buying. And she's like, this says plant-based, but there's eggs in it. I was like, I know that's why we don't buy products. We buy whole ingredients. We buy the beans and make our own veggie burgers. And before you're listening and you're like, I'm tapping out, I don't have time to make all that stuff. There are cleaner products, but for the most part, just eat the foods as close to nature intended. Yes. And I love that. And that's what I always say as well, because that's what we're made. You know, people kind of forget we're human beings. We are made to be in harmony with nature. So that goes not only with our circadian rhythm and our, all the rhythms and all that, it goes with the food, you know, that what we're supposed to process is things that come in naturally. So our body knows how to break down foods that it recognizes. And so I remember talking to a, a naturopathic physician years ago and he's like this, and he was, this was many years ago. And he was like, you know, high fructose corn syrup was just becoming a huge thing because the corn industry got backed, you know? So then there was a lot of money in making high fructose corn syrup. So it starts showing up everywhere. It's all so about anyway, the money. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, why are they, why are they backing that? They, it's one of the products that's in everything. Why do they need, you know, mon monetary backing on a crop that is making gazillions. But anyway, his point was that our bodies, you know, yeah, our bodies recognize corn, but corn as in the kernel and, you know, in, in that format, but not when you take it and you, it's like concentrate, like you were saying with the orange juice, when you concentrate anything, that's not how our body is, is made to break it down. 
So yeah, you could say it's corn, but it's really not corn. It's another product. And the same thing, even with orange juice, we are made to take in the orange and yes, the juice from it, but after we've gotten the pulp and the, the other things so that it doesn't wreck our blood sugar level. It's, it's really all about like, I, I always say like food is like a morsel of perfection right? You've got your orange. It's got fiber. It has the vitamins and nutrients that you need. You have, you know, your kale, it's dark. It has antioxidants. If you are, you're not, you know, and don't get me wrong. I love a good juice, but we really need the fiber. We really need the, the whole food as it's intact. And, and I think, you know, there's so much out there where it's like, well, don't eat this food group. Don't eat that food group. And, And you're like, but wait, what if I just stopped eating the processed stuff and I ate the whole food as it's intended? I ate the avocado. I ate the olive. I ate the potato. I, I eat the whole grain, not that processed stuff. Like people ask me, well, what do you eat in place of pasta? And I love to use farro in place of pasta. Now that's a wheat grain. So if you don't eat gluten, you might opt for millet or quinoa or something of that nature. But like, I, I just feel better when I don't eat processed pasta, but I have no problem eating farro. So, you know, where's the, where's the connection? It's the processed food that really leaves me feeling junky. Yeah. Right. Because that's not how we're designed and food is medicine when we know what to do with it, which is why it's so fascinating. You know, if you look at what, how indigenous groups eat, they use everything. They don't waste everything because when, you know, you're living in harmony with nature and close to nature, you learn how nature intends you to use things. And that's why, um, you know, it's so important, like you're saying to connect to. And and the other thing I liked about what you just said is experiment for yourself. You know, that's why it's great with all the different recipes you have, because people can experiment and say, okay, these are all things that I can eat and I can make them in new ways and, and experiment and see what resonates with my body the best and what doesn't. But the other thing I want to touch on, cause it just popped in my head is creativity with food. Definitely. You know, and, and so with, with creativity, you know, people will say, well, I always make, you know, it was easy when I, when I ate animal products, I could just thaw a pack of ground beef and throw it in with spaghetti sauce and, and eat it over spaghetti. And I didn't have to think about it. I'm like, yeah, but how'd it make you feel? Yeah. You load it with cheese, butter, you eat that high oil processed stuff. You eat that, that what if you threw some cooked lentils in with your pasta sauce that you made from just, you know, mashed up crushed canned tomatoes and some spices, maybe some fresh basil, some garlic, like using the flavors you like the whole food, throwing it in a pot, throwing in some cooked lentils, serving it over a whole grain, serving it over quinoa, maybe even serving it over a potato, like really starting to think outside of the box of what you can do. And one of my favorite recipes in the super easy plant-based cookbook, which is the one I gave you a copy of are the chickpea El Pastor tacos. So traditional El Pastor is, you know, a like a shaved meat. Like it's really, it's a really meaty dish, but they serve that with pineapple. And so for this recipe, we roast chickpeas and pineapple and onions together. It's a sheet pan meal, super easy. And then you mix them with some whole, you know, some whole spices and, and juice it like lime juice and a little liquid aminos or coconut aminos to really add in some of that 
umami flavor. And then you top it with a fresh pineapple salsa. So it, it allows you, right. It's like, I'm really- so hungry thinking of that. <laughs> I'm like salivating over here and it's a breakfast time, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> but those are like the, those creative meals are like the ones that really allow you to say, I love these flavors. How can I make it from plants? I love tacos. Like I said earlier, we ate a lot of potato tacos. We would literally take white potatoes, dice them up, simmer them in a little taco seasoning. And that was the filling because it was familiar. And when I first went plant-based, I wasn't a bean eater. So trying to use beans as a filling, I just didn't resonate with that. I didn't like the texture. Now I love beans, but eight years ago, I was like, you got to use something. We have to use something else for a filler and the potatoes worked and they're familiar. Yeah. I think one of the things, the message that I'm hearing from you multiple times that I really love is start with what's familiar, start with what you're comfortable with and grow from there. Because I think you're right. I think what happens is so many times when people are doing something new or trying to make a change, they think it has to be drastic. And actually when you do drastic, you actually are more likely not to to complete. I mean, sometimes it works, but a lot of times it doesn't because you get overwhelmed or it feels too, too different. And, um, just back to the thing with the creativity though, is I want people to realize the point you made is that I, that I wanted to touch on was people say, I want to do what's easy because we're tired. And that's why, you know, food we lose our passion for food if we're too tired and we don't want to be creative or think. And I want to encourage people to understand like what you're saying that you can, it's, it's a, a loop to get the energy. You have to eat the things that are going to fuel you. And then you can be more creative in the kitchen and enjoy food and enjoy passion because we are made to share food with people and to bring the energy in for that socialization with the food and for the healing nature of the food itself. Absolutely. And, you know, it is such a loop. And I love that you use that word because, you know, I hear, I work with a lot of clients that'll be like, well, I skip lunch. And I'm like, okay, let's visualize this for a minute. Tell me if this resonates. You skip your lunch, you work through, man, you're a hustler. I love it. At about three o'clock, you go grab your cup of coffee because you're, you're dragging. By the time you get home, you're hangry. You're short with your family. You don't want to cook. You just, you want to just put change into your comfy pants, put your feet up and order takeout. Does that resonate? And they're like, it's like you described my every day. And I was like, let's take a step back. What if we made lunch something super easy, super simple, some whole, you know, a whole grain, some potatoes with a big salad, lots of color. You know, you can buy prepped foods in the grocery store now. Like there, there is so much out there to make this easy. Mm -hmm. You don't even need, you could buy a bag of lettuce. You could buy a bag of container of spinach, throw on some pico de gallo, chop up a cooked sweet potato, add some black beans. You've got a delicious looking little taco-y kind of salad, some lime juice, some, maybe some guacamole. It's, it can all be prepped right from the, right from the grocery store. The only thing you might have to cook is your sweet potato. You know, it, you can make it really easy and really simple. And how would it feel to get home and be able to breathe energy back into your family, to be able to cook with your family? Maybe it's a family event. When you get home, kids are in the kitchen, doing their homework. You're in the kitchen, you know, cooking something up. Like imagine it being different all because you put a little effort into your lunch and took time for yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And self-care is so huge. It really is. But when you were talking about that scenario, the thing I loved about it is it, it just, you just described a whole paradigm shift based on a lifestyle change. And that is really what happens if people understand you make these little steps and eventually they add up. And then you're like, wow, this is so very different, but it doesn't start with something drastic. It starts with, like you're saying something easy, a change at lunch that catapults the rest of the, of the changes. But the other thing you mentioned, which I want to touch on again, because it's so important is what food can be, you know, the fact that you can make it that family event, that fun event, that sharing, that nurturing event for other people, but you can only do that if you have the energy and you're not going to get that energy from a bunch of processed food. You're just not. And even when you share it with people, it doesn't have the same impact because it doesn't have that life force energy we started talking about in the very beginning. Absolutely. It's about being mindful. You know, it's about being mindful. What am I trying to create in my life? What do I want to bring in? Literally, what do I want to bring into to my life food-wise? You know, just like we do with anything else. What, what do you want to bring in as far as people? But we're looking now, not what do you bring in relationships? What do you bring in in a relationship to you and your physical body with food? And to your family. Yeah. You know, you know, we it's so interesting. Like I look back and, you know, with my husband being the one that really was the catalyst to this and him doing a lot of the cooking, like he wasn't saying you can't buy this. You can't eat this. I mean, we would still go to restaurants and I would still eat a a burger, but what was happening is he was feeding me foods that made me feel good because he knew that was, that was the best option. And the more I ate that, the more in tune I became to how I felt And so think about the, like I said, breathing that life back into your family. Like if everybody's tired, if the kids have a hard time focusing in school, could it be the food they're eating? Is there a way that you can make that more energizing and more nutritious, nourishing to their body with some of these simple, easy steps, right? Because that's one of the things we have to think about too. It doesn't have to be hard. It just has to be intentional and intention is the big, is the big thing. Like, are you, are you interested in doing it or are you committed? Like, is it something that you're committed to feeding yourself and your family, these whole plant foods to really increase energy, increase productivity, increase cognitive function so that you all can live the lives that you want. Oh, and I love that because it really is. Because once you set the intention and you're committed, your choices come from that place. You've now made the space to observe what you're actually doing and be mindful about what you choose to do. And, you know, you think about it. I mean, here I'm, I'm in Florida now, and this is so very different here than when I lived in New Jersey. In New Jersey, you were not allowed to have candy in school. Here, the teachers give it out. Um, and it, and it's, you know, clearly the kind that has food dyes and all those other things. And it's used as a reinforcer, not a healthy mm-hmm. idea. Yep. Um, and so it's, what is your intention with the food and what are you wanting to do and prying away the emotional needs for food and how that fits in with what are you really doing? If, if you want comfort foods, you can have healthy comfort foods. You know, people think that they can't you know, but I always tell people just be mindful about it. If you're feeling sad or, or you're happy or whatever emotion you're having, and you want to eat something that resonates with that, that's fine. But understand that if you made the choice that that's where it's coming from, 
And just like you're saying, if your intention is to feed your family energizing food, then set the intention and make the choice from there rather than from a tired, frazzled place, because then you're just reacting. You don't have the bandwidth to make the choice. Gosh, there's so, so much in this. I'm like, Ooh, reacting, Ooh, intention, <laughs> Ooh, mindful. And you know, one of the things that I really, really want to highlight in what you're talking about is the choice, right? I am a full believer that this is not about perfection. Yes. It's about intention. You want to go have brunch with the girls, go have brunch with the girls, but be mindful of the choice that you're making. And I always teach my clients pivot back to the foods that align with your goals. You know, you eat, you know, and I'm vegan. So my examples are always vegan. You eat a veggie burger from a restaurant with some fries at for dinner one night, because you're out at a social event, you know, it might not make you feel good. So tomorrow plan in that oat bowl, plan in that bowl of, you know, that, that really high fiber nutrient dense food. That's going to get you right back on track. Because if you, if you feel like you're super restricted and you know, that's the mindset you're going in with, you're always going to buck the system. It's like, you know, I try to teach, I really teach, like, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And with a lifestyle, you're making choices. You're becoming the person who happily chooses the plant foods, who buys the healthy snacks, who doesn't use food as a reward, right? Food is, is real. And, you know, you brought that up with the candy. Like I had a client that was like, well, when my kids do well in school, we always go get ice cream. What am I going to do now? If I'm not feeding them ice cream, gosh, what if the family could go for a walk or go spend the day at a national park or, you know, and, and let's be honest. I didn't always think this way. Like I was really motivated by food. Oh, oh, you're going to, I read 50 books and I get a pizza certificate from school <laughs> as a kid. Like I was yeah. all about that. It works. But what if, It does work. It does work. But what if we change that reward? What if that reward is something that they want that, that teaches healthy habits, hiking activity, you know, thinking about different ways to, to connect the, the things we want in life to the actions that we take and really stepping back from it being food, right? If food is used to nourish our body and fuel us, maybe we don't want a reward with ice cream. Maybe we don't want a reward with candy. Maybe we teach, you know, those holidays that have lots of candy. Maybe we teach, we teach something different. Like I know people do like switching in and out vegan candies and, you know, different snacks. And when you start to feed your family nourishing foods, that's what they want. Yeah. Their body, their body wants it. But like you're saying, not in a restrictive way because, you know, there needs to be the balance and there needs to be the self-compassion. You know, it's okay to make the choice when you're out with people to say, you know what, I'm, I'm at a, a, a restaurant today and you know what, I feel like a burger. I wouldn't because I'm a vegetarian, but if, if it happened, it's fine. There's things I choose, you know, sometimes that I'll choose, you know, sometimes I'm out with my daughter and she wants French fries at, you know, Cafe Caribou where we live and they're sweet potato and regular, but they're fried. And I don't normally eat that, but you know what? Every once in a while, I'm like, you know what? I'm having that today and I'm okay with it. And, and then, and that's fine. And I don't beat myself up about it. It's just a choice. And I'm like, yep, that's what I'm having today. And I let it, and that's it. And tomorrow I'll go back to not eating fried things. And that's fine. It needs to just be, okay. I make, I'm consciously, I'm consciously aware of what I'm doing and I'm okay with it. And I'm going right back to my regular choices and the same thing. And the thing that you mentioned with the kids is I always like people understand what kids want most of all is time and connection. Mm 
with family members. Mm -hmm. And so really, you know, one of the things we did with my kids that they, you know, loved, have always loved is, you know, doing like stations, you know, like time with mom, time with dad, time with yourself, you know, journaling and, and they just felt so special because they get one-on-one time with one parent, they get, and they get to choose what they want to do. You want to throw a ball around outside. You want to read a book. You want to play a game. You want to do whatever that's, you know, it goes back to teaching people that, that love is, is the highest motivation and food is not love. We can serve food in a loving way and it can feel like love, but we don't want people to, to think that the food itself um, is that because then it gets confusing and they feel like that's where they, they, then you get this unhealthy relationship with food, but food, you can create food. That's an expression of your love. And people feel that you're you. I mean, look at what you said with your husband. You, when somebody makes something with love, you feel it, right? Definitely. And you know, they always say like, my grandma's sauce doesn't taste like my sauce or my sauce doesn't yeah. taste like, because it's a different form of love. And if you think about it, like you get home, you're tired, you're exhausted. You're just whipping together something. And you're just like, I don't just throwing spices in. If you pause for a minute and you're like, I'm making this food out of love for my family. And you know, it goes back to like, you were talking about the stations. You can do that with food. Mm-hmm. You can make food time, a family time. It doesn't have to be this, you know, one person in the kitchen cooking for everybody while everybody else is sitting around playing. It's, it's how you communicate the time spent together. You know, maybe it is, oh, you want to help in the kitchen? Here's a, you know, they make kids knives now that they can cut like lettuce and, you know, it's just, it's, it could be a very fun family experience versus this like, overwhelming chore that just has to be fit in around everything else. Right. And it it goes back to what you said before with the intention. I mean, and kids love to be in the kitchen. It's really more about parents being open and having the patience to understand that, you know, the kid's going to do the, especially depends on the age, but the little ones, especially they, they love, everybody can do something, whether it's setting the table, um, pulling out a pot for a really little one, you know, I mean, it's just, and it's a great way to start teaching kids to be independent so that they develop a, a healthy connection to food, a healthy connection to cooking and independence. Exactly. I mean, and, and, and that healthy connection to food, that's, if I've learned anything in the last two, you know, eight, eight years, really, but the last two years of really cleaning up the way that I eat, it's that healthy relationship to food. It's that mindfulness around food. It's that intentional choice. And you use the word perfectly conscious. It is no longer going to the pantry, pulling out whatever random crunchy snack and just mindlessly eating it on the tape on the couch. There's a consciousness that goes into it. And when you're able to make those conscious choices, maybe it's portioning out hummus. Maybe it's planning it in before we were, before we were recording, we were talking a little bit about sitting down and looking through recipes and like making a meal plan and going and buying those intentional foods. It's just like that. You plan in intentional snacks. You're buying the, the foods that, that you want to eat versus just going through the store and buying out of habit. I was, I was telling my clients, like, you know, I was at the grocery store and we, we had eaten some pretzels and my husband's like, oh, let's buy some pretzels. And that's not usually something we bring in because they're processed. So they have, you know, they're based in flour and, and I was like, oh, well, they're on sale two for four. We should buy two. And I was like, that is an old paradigm. We don't need two bags of pretzels. We don't even need one bag of pretzels. But it's like just those little 
those little conscious awareness, that little bit, you know, and, and those habits that are ingrained in us, like, like you said, paradigm, those are things that are based on years for some people, decades worth of thinking, right? Oh, it's on sale. I should buy two, but do I need two? Or do I, do I even need one? Like a lot of times the sale stuff is the process stuff, Yes, right? It's, they don't, they, I mean, they do put vegetables on sale, but usually it's not a, you know, a lot of sale. It's more of more of the food, the two for four, the, the two yeah. for six, like they're all the chips, they're all the pretzels, they're all the granola bar, all the processed st- snacks. Yeah, that is definitely true. <laughs> How I was wondering, would you be willing to share a client's story that just sort of elucidates for people how you work and, and gives people an idea of where you can start and how it, how the process works. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, so I work, I work very high. It's a very high touch, high involvement program, accountability program. It's for a year. Um, and some of my, my major successes are people that really jump in fully committed. I had one client who, um, so I work them through the, the, I hold them accountable to the food plans that they choose. So one client came in and wanted to follow the mastering diabetes plan, which is a whole food plant-based more high carb, um, which is, I know, foreign to people who go through traditional diabetes education, but it's, it's a low fat, high, high starch way of eating. And, um, I'm not a medical practitioner. So I always tell them you have to work closely with your medical practitioner. And about three weeks into the program, she had been eating a lot of vegan, a lot of vegan sausages, a lot of vegan processed foods, a lot of frozen foods, you know, high in fats and preservatives. And so we really started working on a meal plan to eat more whole foods and flavor was a thing, right? When you go from a lot of this high salt, high fat, high sugar processed foods, we really need to add in some flavor. And so we were working with how to flavor beans and how to add different, you know, pico de gallo and salsas and different, you know, lower fat foods. And she got on a call with me about three weeks in and she's like, I've been really tired. And I said, you know, have you checked your your blood sugar. And she's like, well, no, because I've been eating this way. And I'm like, well, number one, we need to keep doing that. I'm not yeah. a medical practitioner, <laughs> but let's not stop what you've been yeah. doing. And number two, you need to talk to your doctor. I'm curious if the the way you're eating is working and maybe you're over-medicated. And sure enough, she was so tired because her, she was over-medicating to control her blood sugar that wasn't as high anymore. Oh, wow. Because she cut out the foods that were causing it to be so high. And then I'm actually wrapping up working with a client after a year. And one of the biggest things, my biggest goal is to help people make this an intuitive way of eating. Like that is the oh, transformation, right? Yeah. A lot of people come to me and they're like, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. All I think about is food. And I'm like, well, that's, that's where we're, we're going to be thinking about food for a while because we really need to make it a new habit. We're overwriting the old habits, but my goal as we get towards the six, nine, 12 months is that it starts to just be a way of life. And she sent me an email and she said, you know, Kathy, I was really skeptical on the one year. I thought I'd be where I needed to be after, you know, three months, right? Like those 90 days, that's, that's when the habit kicks in. I've read all that. And I was like, and how do you feel now? And she said, it's a way of life, but having you in my life for the last three months, as it became that way of life, as I was rewriting those, those patterns, as I'm exiting out of the program, really solidified why it needs to be a year. 
She said, because even though I felt like it was intuitive, that, that reminder, those check-ins, those phone calls, those, you know, your coaching calls each week, like that really kept me plugged into the way of life that I wanted. So she was just articulating that, that even though it's a year and that feels like a long time, she saw the benefit because it really solidified those habits. Even after they felt like they were there, that extra time really solidified them into a way of life. And now she's like, I meal plan without thinking. I cook foods without, you know, without having to think about it. It's just, it just happens naturally. There's no more stress in the kitchen. And I'm like, that's it. Can we put that in writing? (laughs) Well, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's the, like you said, it's the action practices and when it takes repetition and lots of repetition and people don't realize that they think, oh, it's going to be a short-term thing. No, like you're saying, first you're undoing other things and then you have to replace it. And then you have to replace it enough that it becomes a new habit. And then that takes a lot of accountability and it takes a lot of practice. And so it's beautiful to hear though, the transformation and that people are making uh, with the process that you've created. Thank you. I, you know, it, People ask me why I do what I do, why I would get on and share vulnerable stories about being at my highest weight ever. And, you know, the trials and tribulations of this way of eating. And it really isn't about me. It's really about the people that I can help that, you know, somebody listening might be like, I can do this. I can try eating more plants. And that's, that's my mission. My mission is, is to inspire people to eat more plants and really start to create the ripple effect of you eat plants, you feel better, you make a greater impact in the world. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, it's perfect because that's what I'm always telling people. You have everything you need within you connect to it, your innate wisdom. And this is the way to connect to your innate wisdom regarding food, which is going to impact everything else and experiment, 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 because, you know, we're all unique and, and you've got to figure a way to make it work for yourself. And that's absolutely, that's the key. It's it's definitely the key. And, you know, the, the other big takeaway that I would want people to, to really hear is keep it simple. You know, we're as a recipe developer, food blogger, like I've written the complex recipes, but when you really break it down, eat the whole food, flavor it with more whole foods, citrus, vinegar, lots of spices, fresh herbs, really, really dig into keeping it simple and allow your palate to readjust from that high processed salt, oil, fat, you know, processed foods that you've been eating, allow your palate to readjust to those more super flavorful, fresh, fresh foods. Yeah. That's a fantastic point. That's one of the reasons probably why a lot of people drop out is not giving themselves the space to go through that transition that their taste buds need to go through, you know, that their palate needs to adjust to. So that's a great point. We have so much at this point that we've been talking about that what I think I want to do is head over to the sparks of wisdom and make you put it into a little bit of takeaway points. So we'll meet all of you over in the sparks of wisdom. Sparks of wisdom. Oh, 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 oh. Sparks of wisdom. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, Kathy, let's have it. Your sparks of wisdom for today. Awesome. So my my biggest, I have three sparks of wisdom for all of you. One, keep it super simple. 
eat the familiar foods that you like, flavor them with more whole plant foods and really give your time, give yourself time to allow your palate to readjust, which you heard earlier. Number two, plan ahead. Really look at what your schedule allows. You know, if you're going to a restaurant, plan ahead, look at what you can have so that you are able to do number three, which is my other takeaway, make a choice with intention. So a lot of times we get sucked into those old habits, that mindless, that mindless choosing. But when you pause for a moment and say, okay, I'm going to move forward with intention. You know, those are the big things, planning, making, making choices with intention and really keeping it simple. So that's what I want your takeaways to be. Awesome. Okay, Kathy. So one thing I did want to mention, um, because you did kindly send me your lovely recipe, one of your lovely recipe books, because I did look at it is I did one of the things on remind me the name of that one. Cause I don't remember the name. I know you have three the super easy plant-based cookbook. Okay. That was so that's two. the one. That, yeah. That's the one that, that I um, looked at and plan on making some recipes from. Um, but with that, the thing I loved about it is that you designed it as a guide to support lifestyle changes. And that is seen in the way that you set the book up. You know, I looked at it and I was like, yes, you hit everything that I love, which is uh, things that are efficient in the sense that it takes 30 minutes or less things that can be done with few ingredients. I remember there were some of those and then cost-effective. And I was like, Oh, she ticked all the boxes. So can you just tell, I know you have three, so can you just tell us a little bit about your, your cookbooks. Absolutely. So I I have authored three cookbooks, the 30 minute whole food plant-based cookbook really busts the myth of eating plant-based is too time consuming, right? All the recipes are ready in 30 minutes. They're all oil-free fat, uh, sorry, oil-free, salt-free and refined sugar-free, which even if that's not your desired way of eating, you can take take the tips and tricks and, and modify it, right? You can just look at the way that the recipes are. The second cookbook, which we were just talking about, the super easy plant-based cookbook is really designed to bust the myth of difficulty, right? As you mentioned, there's a chapter on no cook recipes. There's a chapter on five ingredient recipes. There's a chapter on one pot recipes, which those sheet pan meals, which I mentioned earlier, they're my favorite. Like they've literally become the staple in my kitchen, throw everything in a sheet pan, throw it in a preheated oven and voila, dinner's ready. Maybe a little bit of tossing sauces and some fresh uncooked ingredients, but for the most part, it's pretty easy. And then the third cookbook busts the myth of budget. So if you're like, oh, eating plant-based might be too expensive, this one shows you how to do it, you know, keeping it pocket friendly. Not that, not that you have to do that, right? You can, you know, buy foods that are already ready for you. But as I mentioned in the book, every time someone else's hand touches a product, it adds a price tag to it. So you buy the full head of broccoli where you have to cut and prep it. It's going to be less expensive than if you buy those pre-prepped broccoli florets in the little bag. So really looking at ways that you can be more cost-effective with money, it may not necessarily mean that you're more time effective. So you have to look at which, which ways out, but all three of those books, they really are set up to, to walk you through creating a lifestyle change, really to start creating those habits around choosing healthier options. And that's what I love. They give you choices. You know, it's really, it's like, I was looking at it and I was like, there's so many different options. And then you get to figure out what resonates with you. You know what, you know, like for me, I look at and I go, okay, 
I really like that. I'm definitely trying those sheet pans because can we get that recipe, by the way, the one that was making me salivate earlier, the chickpea the one? Ch- chickpea el pastor. Yeah. Yes. Let's put that in the show notes. Yes. Everybody you're going to get that because that was, I was salivating in the morning thinking about that. That sounds so good, but I love the concept of that so that I know myself. And so one of the things I look for is things that are, that are quick, that are efficient, that are easy, that are healthy. And so that really resonates with me. And so I know that that's where, and I go to your recipes, that's where I'm going to put, I mean, I'll probably try other things, but that's going to get my first attention. Um, and you just, and People just need to figure out, like you were saying, make a conscious choice, create space, make the choice that honors what your goals are right now. But you have to know what your intention is to be able to do that and start and start with that. So absolutely. Yeah. So if people would like to work with you, can you let them know how to get a hold of you and how you work, that kind of thing? Absolutely. So I've run the Eat More Plants Academy. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a 12 month program. It's a, actually a hybrid of group and one to one, and everything is done virtually. So all via Zoom meetings and lots of high touch communication. Um, the other thing that I always like to offer is I have a free Facebook community, and that's really where you can start to dabble. You can get in get in the space to get the tips and the resources and the recipes, the some of the meal plans I offer in that community. So that's a great place to connect with me. Just let me know you heard me on the podcast and I can send you over some free resources, some meal plans, you know, when we connect. Um, But to get to that, it's just veginspired.com slash foodies. And it's the Veg Inspired Healthy Habits for High Achievers Facebook community. It's a great place to connect with me. And then, of course, I'm super social. So I'm on Instagram as Veg Inspired. And and that's a really easy way to find me and, and really start, you know, seeing if there's some synergy and we can connect and you can message me if you want more information about the coaching option or the Academy. Oh, that's excellent. And that is all in the show notes and on the webpage. So that'll all be there. So people can just click click directly and then start exploring. So that's great that you have so many different ways for people to, you know, to start getting ready. And that's what I encourage people to do is you know, start with the baby steps, start looking at things and figuring out, you know, trying different things and figuring out what direction you want to go in. Thank you so much for your time today, Kathy. Really enjoyed talking with you and all the information. Absolutely. Kimberly Ann. And thank you for having me. I I appreciate it. And I love, love being a resource to people as they start eating more plants. Yeah. And living a healthy lifestyle. And like you said, the mindset's a big part of that. Definitely. Yeah. So as always, until next time, be you, be love, and be present.